Hello, friends. Welcome to Be Still Be Free. I am Monica and um, I'm Sarah. She's Sarah. Sarah's here today. Sarah is here today. She's in the house. It is so amazing. We are at the tail end, kind of closing in at the end of this new series. We've got unexpected lessons from unlikely ladies. I love that. Um, And we're just kind of like taking these women from the Bible and their stories and things that maybe lessons we can learn from them on things that they didn't necessarily do right. Mm -hmm. Um, and how we can flip that in our own lives. And there's just, there is so much to learn from those kind of things that I've been loving the series. I have too. We did Rebecca and Eve. Mm -hmm. We did, uh, Lot's wife and Job's wife. And then this week we have Sarah and Hagar. Yeah. Which interestingly enough, had no idea you were in Hagar. I did Sarah and they kind of go together. I know. I knew that she was doing Sarah, but I did not pick Hagar intentionally. Yeah. It was just kind of like a, well, I'm who you, about who's that. the lady going to be? And he just kind of highlighted her That's awesome. on my Bible app. <laughs> well, I just think still, it's so neat to see how these women, um, they're sinners. They're just like us. And I, I, in looking at them in a different light in my, the past, in my past life, I, I've always looked at all these women with such judgment. Like, Oh, I can't believe that Sarah or Eve ate the apple. And I can't believe that Sarah doubted God and yeah. laughed and said, Hey, go sleep with my servant. Like who does that? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but it's been so good because as I've prepared for this and I've told you how I'm um, kind of chronologically reading through the Bible. Yeah. For the next five years, <laughs> <laughs> for the next decade, it's fine. It's all good. It's, a, no it's a one year reading plan. I don't think I'm going to get it done in one day. But Sarah's going to be free and read it. I am. Time. And I am not going to feel guilt over that because nowhere in the Bible is thou shalt read through the Bible one year. Absolutely, It's not, not there. So I'm okay if it takes me more than one year, uh, but I'm enjoying it while I'm doing it, which because of that is how we kind of spawned this idea yeah. because I had read about Lot's wife and, and it was like, God was like, Hey, She's no different than you and you are no different from her. Right. And so don't look through to, don't look at her through the eyes of an overly righteous woman. Mm-hmm. Look at her through the eyes of a woman. And right. I was just like, that's in, how many times do, do we look back on what is comfortable and what is familiar and what was ours when the Lord says, leave and go. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't want to just go and look forward to where he is. We want to look back to see where we were. Right. And so it was just, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And so each of the ladies that we've talked about today for me, Sarah, um, and next week for me, Mary, the mother of Jesus, there's just a couple of things here where I'm like, oh my gosh, like these are just normal people. And then I was reading yesterday, um, I'm, I'm at, uh, Joseph and the brothers and how he yeah. was sold into slavery and, um, you know, it's just so interesting to me to see, um, cause it, Jacob, right. Jacob is Joseph's father. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So it's so interesting to me. We're reading, I'm reading through this and you know, his wives die and he's left alone and, uh, Jacob's do, and he goes and finds a prostitute. Oh, and it was, and so in the commentary wow. part of the Bible, cause what I'm trying to do is read the, the, cause it's a study Bible. So while I read the scripture, I go down and I read the context of the study that, um, kind of the commentary. And it was just talking about how prostitution was very acceptable in those days for men. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tamar, the daughter-in-law, who's mm-hmm. his firstborn had died. The second wouldn't sleep with her for custom to keep the family seat alive. Um, she covers herself 
and um, presents herself as a right. prostitute and sleeps with Jacob and gets pregnant and mm-hmm. um, bears a son. And, um, you know, it, you just, it's just so interesting. Or maybe it wasn't, was it Jacob that she's like, I can't remember now. It may not have been Jacob, but one of the guys, right. In this whole story. And he was a guy, a, a person of right. God and you're sitting Reuben. It was Reuben maybe. And so you're sitting there reading these stories. You're like, wait a minute. There was prostitution in the Bible. What is going on? And, and then you see there weren't equal rights because Tamar is going to get put to death because they find out that she's pregnant and right. was a prostitute. But he's the one who slept with the prostitute, right? right? I know. And so I it was know. interesting to read the commentary um, that just made it make sense and to understand that we think we live in we are in a modern Sodom and Gomorrah, but Sodom and Gomorrah has been for forever, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's Christians, believers, people that God has done with things with, because it even said that the lineage of um of Christ came from, it wasn't Jacob. It was whoever Tamar slept with. Now I'm gonna have to go back and look it up because I have such bad memory. I can't remember. Came from this whole situation. And so you're sitting here going, wait a minute. Okay. So God continued to show up in the lives of simple people and he didn't allow simple people to keep the will of God from being done. And so for us to put the Bible and the people on in the Bible on this amazing pedestal is not what we're supposed to be doing right. because they never belonged on a pedestal. They right. were just people that God chose to use and right. they had a faithfulness to them that no matter through their sin, they continued to come back to God and give their lives to God and you understood their unrighteousness, but they were just as much a product of their modern day culture as so many of us are a product of our modern day culture. So it's just done this amazing thing to my, my very critical thinking mind mm-hmm. of quit being so critical thinking. Right. You know, I don't know. So that whole yeah, story, it, it, God just continues to say, yes, this is what I'm teaching you yeah. right now. And to like, cause we so often point to people and say, you're unclean. You're not holy. You're not a believer. Therefore I need to turn my back on you. And yeah. like we just talked about, like the Bible is full of God saying, those are the exact people I'm going to be using. Yeah. And so like, just Love people. Love me. Yeah. Tell others about that love. Like, and let's trust, get back to us. Trust God. Right. Because he says, just leave it up to me. Don't try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I'm yes. the most just that can ever be. Yes. You are not. You cannot see it through my eyes. I see it yeah. through my eyes. And I just think that this has been an incredible series for me to finally just be like, hey, you know, for since Eve, we've just all been people. He's just used people and he hasn't allowed sin or the devil to get in his way of fulfilling his will. And so there's just great hope and, and freedom in that, that as we learn about these women of the Bible, that you do not have to have any sense of perfection in your life in order for God to use you. Like he's willing to use you despite your sinful flesh, fleshful nature. Yes. And that's just amazing because only God could do that. Glory to him. Right. Because it has nothing to do with our glory. Absolutely. Nothing to do with our glory. So we're going to dive into Sarah here. Um, The story of Sarah and Abraham are found in the book of Genesis. And I'm just going to read three verses. It says Genesis 18, 12 through 15. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, well, now I have this pleasure. Then the Lord said to Abraham. So, so what has happened is the Lord and the angels have come to meet with Abraham and they're in the form of men. Yep. And, and, um, you know, there's a lot of speculation of who they really were. Was this Moses and Elijah and, and whomever, or, you know, did, we don't know. Right. We just know that three men came, visited Abraham, and one of them, as the Lord says, hey, you're going to have a kid. And Sarah hears this, and she's laughing behind the tent. 
And so the Lord says to Abram, why did Sarah laugh and say, well, I really have a child now that I am old. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid. So she lied and laughed or lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did. Yes, you did, girl. You laughed. Like it makes me think, I mean, how many times do you like, God, I didn't doubt you. (laughs) God, I didn't laugh at you. Right. And so. The thing we're going to talk about is that Sarah laughed at God. And I think so many of us will be like, I cannot believe that she had the audacity to laugh at God. Like I would never laugh at God. And I would just have to I say, I would never not believe anything God told me. Yeah. I strongly disagree with that. I think that every day we scoff and laugh at God because we think that he really can't do what he says that he's going to do or fulfill the promises. Um, you know, I, I, been going through some stuff with my daughter, not bad stuff with her, but just life situations and hard things to see her go through. And as a mom, you worry and you carry it on your heart. And I mean, there have been so many Bible verses, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not into your own understanding, all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And I'm like, there's just no way that, that, you know, how can I not lean into my own understanding? Because that's what I was doing. I was constantly leaning into my own fleshly ability to see what was going on or, you know, um, Fear not, for I am with you. Neither be dismayed. You know, you just talk about all these things and you're like, but I live in fear and I live in worry and I'm trying to figure it out. And so my thought was how also she lied. And how many times do we lie to cover up our actions? I mean, little white lies just oh, gosh, to yeah. people around us. But I would also say that we... We lie to God constantly because, you know, when you think about trusting the Lord with all your heart, I do trust you, God, but do you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, help my unbelief. <laughs> yeah, help my unbelief. Um, you know, there are just so many things that I think that we probably, um, if we were, if, if he opened our eyes <laughs> to the amount of times in our nonverbal communication with him right. in our thought life, right. how many times we probably are telling yeah. little white lies to Jesus. Yeah. Or, or even in our actions, yes. like telling God out of one side of our mouth, I believe you. And then our hands and feet doing the exact opposite. Yes. And I think that's kind of how Sarah was. I think down deep inside, she believes God. She believes but it in God. So, such an incredulous promise. Yeah. She's old and Absolutely hasn't had a period in how long. And he says, you're going to have, you're going to have babies. She's like, dude, the hot flashes came and went already. Like, <laughs> like I think I, if I would have laughed at him, I would have been, I probably would have said, God. Come on now. I'm for not reals. even having periods for anymore. Reals. <laughs> for reals. Let's get real now, right? Let's be serious. When you say baby, <laughs> you're like a baby goat. When you say a kid, is it like a <laughs> sheep? I mean, come on. Let's get to the brass tacks of what you're saying. That's right. In which, you know, she did believe him, but then she even tried to take it into her own hands. That's right. We learn. We're going to learn next, right? So how many times do we all the time take what all God is telling us and take it into our own hands and try all to fix time. it and manipulate it and everything else? Time. And so um, that this is just a lesson that God has been. I've been walking through daily. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, I would also say that. Sarah could not believe, and I think we're guilty of this in God's vertical plan, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I've talked about this a lot, how he's here looking at the entire mm-hmm. um, storyline. And we only have a horizontal um, ability to observe what's going on. And so when you're in that horizontal moment, you can't even begin to think of what can happen in the future. Right. And all the pieces that come together to make those things happen. Um, and even if it's just a flat out miracle, we have a hard time believing that all of those little things can happen. Um, 
And so I just think that our, our horizontal perspective clouds our ability to trust his vertical plan yeah. because it just seems impossible. Mm-hmm. But God is the God of impossible. I mean, yeah. who would have thought that he could die and be buried for three days and rise again. Right. Yet we doubt that God. We believe in that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. God, God, we do Christmas. We do Easter. We do all these things. And we believe all that, but then we don't believe that he can do anything else without us. Like we, he didn't need us to die on the cross. We had nothing to do with that. Yet we think that he needs us to go find the maid servant to sleep with our husband, to yeah. have the baby because yeah. there's no way I can't, you know, or whatever it is. I just think that we do that every day. And then how often do we laugh at God? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, Hey God, there's no way that you can restore this marriage. Mm-hmm. That's, that's funny. Yeah. Hey God, there's no way you can win back my kid. Right. Like they're too far gone. Hey God, there's no way dot, dot, dot. That this bankruptcy <clears throat> is not going to affect our entire future that's or exactly that this, right. you know, business ruin or whatever the case may be. It all feels too real and too big. Mm-hmm. For, um, cause it's that thing where we go back to like, I'm not being, um, I'm not being negative. I'm just being a realist, right? We are believing in the quote reality of a situation, which we do. Like we've talked about before. We do need to know the facts. We need to be honest about the facts, but we have to leave that door open for God's intervention, right? To make the impossible possible. Right. Another thing that comes to mind is anytime that something tragic happens in someone's life, Oh yeah, all things work together for good. How are you going to work this together? Together for good. That's like laughing in the face of God. You may not literally audibly laugh out loud, but you're mm-hmm. scoffing. Mm-hmm. You're scoffing at Him, saying, "There's no way you can make it of this." And I think we do it every day. I think we do it in our personal life. Oh yeah, <clears throat> you think I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. Look at look at how overweight I am, or look at this, or look at that. And you know, I've really struggled a long time with the spiritual gifts that God had given to me. I'm very high discerner. Um, which means I'm, I can see things and understand things before other people maybe can tap into them. I'm sorry. My allergies have been giving me a problem. Um, and I really, and even my personality style, just Enneagram one. And now that I understand that more, um, and I just really argued with God for so long, like, why'd you create me to be the way I am? Like it, it, you know, I'm tired of it. People don't understand it. I feel very lonely in it. And da, 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 da. and um, God took it from me for a, a time of my life. I had my discernment was gone. Like he shut it down. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know how to live without this. Like it is, it is part of me. It's, it is me. Right. And so I had to pray for God to open my eyes again, give me back my spiritual gift. And he did. But I just remember living in that moment, just thinking, and basically what I was saying is you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, and so kind of laughing at him being like, look at me, I'm a mistake. I'm not exactly what I should be. What'd you do to me? And question him. It's the same thing as laughing mm-hmm. at him, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and I think it's, um, <clears throat> was it that, did God tell them to name Isaac, Isaac, or did they come up with that? I think mm. God said his name will be Isaac. I think so. Which I think is just the sweetest, like bow on the end of it was like, Isaac means laughter. So we're going to wrap this all up with me laughing back at you yeah. saying, Oh, see what I did there? Yeah. Like, ha ha ha. And even <laughs> if he didn't tell them to name him Isaac and they did, and they did either way, it's, it's like, perfect. they're like, okay, we laughed at ourselves and we laughed at God. Yeah. And here's, here's the kid. I mean, and that's kind of really cool. Cause you think about it, they kind of, 
made a funny, because we talked about this when I talked about Sarah the first time around about them naming him Isaac and it meaning laughter. But, you know, <clears throat> I think that's an important lesson too, is just learning from the situation and being able to kind of laugh at yourself mm-hmm. and take ownership of that. Like yeah. we laughed, we scoffed. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So yeah. yeah, that's my thing on, on Sarah. And I would just end with this in Isaiah 55, eight and nine, this plan of mine is not what you would work out. Neither are my thoughts the same as yours. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts higher than yours. So basically, I love this. This plan of mine is not what you would work out. Yep. Right. But I am God. Mm-hmm. My plans and my thoughts are higher than yours ever could be um, vertical. Yeah. Right. They're yeah. up here. Yeah. Ours are down here because mm-hmm. we are not God. So if we can just plan the vertical perspective that he has yep. and how he knows what the end is going to look like, <clears throat> no matter how much it doesn't make sense to us in that moment, let's not laugh at God and let's not, not trust him. Um, but quit picking the, the, uh, no, the needle out of somebody else's eye and be like, Oh, I can't believe that Sarah laughed at Jesus mm-hmm. you know, or God. We laugh at him all the time, all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. So that, that was my, awesome. That's my deal with Sarah. That is awesome. Well, Sarah, as you mentioned, um, was trying to take matters into her, her own hands as far as like this promise from God about a child. So she sends, I've never done that. Oh, never. No. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I finally got to the point where I'm like, okay, God, I have an idea. If if you feel like this might work, I would love for you to bless it. But if not, that's fine too. <laughs> yeah. I'm always like, hey, God, so, okay, you want this to happen? All right. Here are my 10 ways that we can make. Which one should we use? <laughs> like, he needs to hear. You tell me. I'm Hagar. Hagar, quit trying to control your life. Or Sarah trying to control it through Hagar. I guess I'm the right namesake. Hey, Sarah, quit laughing at me. Quit trying to control everything. Not controlling? Never. What? What? I'm a realist. I am just looking at the facts. I'm just laying out the facts. I'm very black and white here. Um, So Sarah um, is Sarah at this point. This is before God changes their names, but she sends um, Abram into sleep with Hagar. Hagar was an Egyptian. How weird is that? Can we just break that down for a quick second? That that um, these were people who loved the Lord. They they knew God, mm-hmm. right? And God of Old Testament was a little bit different than our God now with Jesus, right? Yeah, there was no death, burial, resurrection yet, and there wasn't a personal in, um, involvement of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but. It happens over and over and over again. It happens all throughout the entire book of Genesis as I'm reading. Yes. Um, and it talked about it being culturally acceptable, mm-hmm. but it wasn't right in the eyes of the Lord. Right. But it's just interesting that these people like it be like our modern day church. Yeah. And our pastor, you know, <laughs> being able and allowed to sleep with multiple people and that being culturally acceptable because these are leaders for God. Right. It's crazy. I think they took the letter of the law, yeah. which was be multiple, be fruitful and multiply. So they literal. took the letter of the law more than the spirit of it and said, well, I need to make this happen at any means possible because children are the ultimate. Right. Like, I think that was the right. Almost, almost idolizing. And it was, kids it, was culturally acceptable. And it was culturally acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Abram goes in, she sleeps, he sleeps with Hagar. She immediately becomes pregnant. And, um, Sarah, like suddenly just freaks out. She's so jealous. She's so frustrated. She treats her really harshly. She's awful to her. And so, um, verse seven is her, this whole story is in Genesis 16. I forgot to mention that. 
So verse seven says that um, Hagar hits the road. She makes a run for it. Cause she's like, I got to get out of here. Like, this is the worst place to be, especially I am with child. I can't be stressed out. Right. Like I have this negative toxic energy around my baby. <laughs> <laughs> so she leaves. And then uh, verse seven says an angel of the Lord found her by the spring of water in the wilderness. It was the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid. He reminds her in this moment who she is and what her role is. Hey, Hagar. Sarah's maid. Yeah. Where have you come from and where are you going? Um, David Guzik says the angel of the Lord is the pre-incarnate presence of Jesus, mm. which I love. And I love the questions that the angel asks, you know, gentle and how kind right. it is. Because it's like, hey, like, where did you come from or where are you headed to? And um, there was a, a cross-reference to Genesis 3-9 when Adam and Eve sinned and hid in the garden. And Jesus yes. was walking in the cool of the day and said, where are you? Yes. Um, like, he didn't say, Oh my gosh, what have you done? He didn't say you have sinned. Like he didn't accuse. He just gently was like, where are you? And of course God physically knew where they were, yeah. but it was his way of saying like, where did you go in our relationship? Yeah. Why have you drifted away? And so that was just, I love the gentleness of those questions. And he did the same thing to Sarah. Yeah. Cause he said, why did Sarah laugh? Right. He didn't say, Hey, quit your laughing. Quit laughing at yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what are you laughing at? The face Jesus, of Jesus? Jesus is our God? Who are you? His you responses know? to our um, just sinful humanity is really, is gentle. And the Fair. condemnation doesn't come from him. No. I mean, um, there's a lesson right there in and of itself. I know. It's just so, it's so awesome. Um, and so she says like, hey, here's the situation and here's what happened. Her answer was a micro answer. She's like, I'm running from a crappy situation. I don't know where I'm going, but I have to go. Um, but Jesus, this angel of the Lord knew the like macro answer to this question, which was you were an Egyptian who was pagan. There's a commentary that say that she was probably Pharaoh's daughter mm. when Abram and Sarah went into Egypt and like he pretended that she was his sister, yep. that, that she was Pharaoh's daughter is what people suggest. Interesting. So he, that God knew like you're an Egyptian who was pagan, but now you're going to find your way to the one true God. So like, she was like, I'm looking at this immediate circumstance and God's like, I'm seeing the bigger picture here. And I, I just, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yep. Um, she was running away from conflict and God called her back to it. Oh, wow. So it says in the scripture that, um, that he says, you need to go back. You are her servant. You've basically, you've left without permission. They didn't know that you were going, you need to go back to the authority that you're under. Wow. And he calls her to go back to it. Um, it says one of the um, commentaries said two wrongs do not make a right. It was no ma easy matter for Hagar to return and submit herself to Sarah, but it was the only right course and a divine revelation helped her pursue it. And kudos to her for doing it. I know. You know, I know. That's a big deal. But there's, so there's a promise. Um, I didn't print it out for the love of Pete. I didn't print. Oh, okay. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So, um, no, I didn't. I'm a, I'll apologize. Anyway, there's a promise that the angel of the Lord gives her, which is this is this child's going to be the That's like her. descent one of many descendants. Yep. Like there's a great hope, there's a great promise, there's a great future that this child is going to have. Well, what's interesting is he gives he gives her the same promise really mm -hmm. for this seed of Abraham that's given to Abraham and Sarah yes. as well. Yes, right. So. He says, I will take care of you. I will make a great nation out of you. Yes. Your son will also be the father of many descendants, which mm -hmm. is almost exactly what he had told for what would be coming for Isaac. Yeah. So it's just incredibly interesting. And then you see where these two nations went. Right. 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 It's just so neat that God's like, you need to go back. 
you need to go back to the hard thing. Mm -hmm. You need to be go like walk through this hard time, Mm -hmm. but I'm sending you with a nugget that you can hold on to with a wink from me, with a promise from me that you can grasp onto and hold onto to keep you going, but you do need to go back. And so her obedience was more important in that moment for her to do that. Um, Dr. Donald Barnhouse said, if we seek to change our circumstances, we will jump from the frying pan into the fire. We must be triumphant exactly where we are. It is not a change of climate we need, but a change of heart. The flesh wants to run away, but God wants to demonstrate his power exactly where we have known our greatest chagrin. Wow. And that's just such a hard lesson to learn from Hagar, which is like, we can't just run away. We have to be obedient. So it's uncomfortable faith. Like it's just, if, even if it's hard, yeah, that's what we have to do. But even if you do run away and you feel like the Lord is saying to go back, just Trust him enough to go back because yeah. that's an immense amount of faith and trust. Now, yes. she was hungry, desolate, yeah. you know, wondered if they were even going to make it. So, of course, he says, go back and eat. I'm sure that she loves it. She can take Ishmael back and feed him and give him nourishment and know that his well, life is going to be okay. Yeah. So he at this point, he's not born yet. And then oh, but later, this is before. This is before. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, she runs away while she's pregnant, mm-hmm. and then she goes back. But then, okay. later in Genesis 21, Isaac is born, and Sarah is like, I've totally had it. I'm washing my hands clean of you. Abraham, you need, their names have changed now. You need to send her off. Um, and so, very reluctantly, he gives her, like, one wine skin full of water and, like, tells her that she has to go. Yeah. So, she goes and wanders in the wilderness of Beersheba and um, takes, the, it says that the boy was weaned. So, he's probably, like, three, four right, at right, that point. Right, right. Um, because I think they went, they brought, they fed a lot longer. Yeah. Um, so she was exhausted, confused, frustrated, dehydrated. She ran out of water. She puts him under a shrub <laughs> in the wilderness. And she goes, it says about an arrow's length away. And she's just like crying out to God. Like, I mean, you can imagine, yeah. like, are we going to die? Like, and right. she's begging God, don't let this boy die. Don't yeah. let the boy die. Interestingly, the scripture says that God heard the, heard the boy's cry. So he must have been crying too. Interesting. And God was moved by his cry and called out to Hagar from heaven saying, what is the matter with you, Hagar? Don't be afraid. God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Arise, pick him up, hold him in your hands, and I will make him a great nation. And so he opened her eyes. She finds a well of water. She fills the thing, gives the boy a drink. And it says, God was with the boy. He grew and lived in the wilderness and became an archer. He lived in the wilderness of Paran. And his mother found a wife for him out of the land of Egypt. So it just like it ends with God's fulfillment of the promise coming. Um, He fulfilled his promise to Hagar and looked after her with faithfulness and loving kindness. But first, she had to be obedient to do what God was asking her to do. She had to have an uncomfortable faith to trust God when fear threatened to choke her. And it just, it's just that reminder, like our obedience is always more important to God than our sacrifice. Yeah. Always. So I just, I love that story of Hagar. Like. I love that story too. I still, I still go back to the story and wonder the what ifs, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, you can't live in the land of what ifs, but what if Sarah had just had faith and had not delivered her to Abraham? Mm-hmm. What if Ishmael had never been born? Mm-hmm. Then the whole nation of Islamic Mm-hmm. hate towards Christianity would be very different, right? And just look at all these things and and you understand where the bitterness could have come from between the two seeds of these guys, right? Yeah. Like you know, Isaac and Ishmael. I mean, why wouldn't there be some, you know, hey dude, you're the you're the favored son and you know, you're come from this 
everybody loves Jesus or God, everybody loves God. And um, I don't know, like I, that is, this story is one of the most intriguing stories to me because, you know, he says that Abraham was so faithful mm-hmm. and yet you look at where we are with Christian persecution and so forth right now. And so much of it goes back yeah. to this yeah. very incident. I know. Or um, along the lines of what if, what if, what if Ishmael was born, but Sarah was able to peaceably yes. let them live together? Yes. And like, what would the nations be like? Maybe they would still be different religiously, but would there be the tension, the That's war, right. the, the strife? Like, could it be more peaceable? Right. It's just so, it is fascinating. It is incredibly, this, this story right here is so incredibly fascinating yeah. to me. Yeah. So yeah. I love that. I love, I love that it. that worked out together to do Sarah and Hagar. That's so good. It's so good. And and yet we can be so, we can relate with each of them in mm-hmm. so many different ways. So, yeah. all right, well, let's, let's have a little prayer. Let's do it. Prayer? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for another day of allowing us to dig into your word. Thank you for bringing your words to life and to life and allow us to grow in them and learn in them and to be able to relate to them and know that no matter when we've doubted you, no matter when we've laughed at you, no matter when we've taken control in our own hands, Lord, that you continue to forgive us you continue to love us and you continue to show up and use us, Lord. I just pray that each listener will know that in their hearts today. Uh, Meet us all where we are and help us all be able to come back together again. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.